Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Money FM 89.3. Good evening. It is drive time. Elliot Danka, Timothy Ko, and Tuan Tian Tian in with you. Time now for us to get a market view, a macro view of markets in Singapore and Asia today. Mm. Right. But first, a quick recap of how we started the day. Singapore shares barely moved in early trade today following mixed activity in US and European markets. So if you look at the Straits Times Index, that rose just 0.02% in early trade to 3,385 points. Some 59 million securities changed hands. Let's take a look at the closing numbers, though. The benchmark Straits Times Index closed up 0.05%. We're looking at 3,385 points as well. 990 million Sing dollars in terms of value turnover. Gainers trailed losers 248 versus 328. Top advances IFAS, DBS, Shangri La Hong Kong dollars, and top decliners NEO, uh, Incorporation USD, JMH USD, and Micro mechanics. Now, some notable names seeing developments today included Samco Marine, an improvement in net debt to equity ratio from 0.53 times as at end September to 0.26 times as of end 2022. Quite a number of things to watch. And joining us, we have David Kuo, co founder of The Smart Investor. Hi, Mr. Kuo, how are you? I'm very good, Tantana. Can I just say three of my favorite people? Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> so nice. <laughs> Mr. Cole, let's start with the SGX as usual. How did the STI fare today and what are the levels to watch for the index? Okay, I think you can say it is about as fat as a chapati. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it didn't really, sort of, didn't really go anywhere today, uh, yeah. which is pretty good when you consider some of the other markets in the region haven't done that well. And I think um, when you talk about what are the levels we should be looking at, I am not a chartist, Jen Jen, so uh, I look at numbers. I look at PE ratios, and right. I say that at the, at the moment, uh, the Singapore market is valued at around uh, a PE of 10. In other words, you're paying 10 Singapore dollars for every dollar of profit that Singapore companies are making on the whole. And I would say that kind of valuation is probably a bit on the low side, mm-hmm. and it could probably sort of go a bit higher. Whether the chartists agree with me or not is a different matter altogether. But also, if you have a look at the dividend yield on the Singapore market, on average, it's around 4%, uh, which is acceptable. Yeah, just about acceptable. And it's pretty much what you would get on a bank deposit account. So uh, on the whole, I would say the Singapore market is probably likely to move a little bit higher. And that's about as far as I will say. Mr. Kuo, can we talk about the biggest movers for today? Chelsea Football Club is not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> we drew with Fulham. What do you, what do, what wait, do you expect? We're, we're I waited all weekend to say that, you know. <laughs> Look, we're in a transition stage, right? It's a bit like coming out of a pandemic. You know, you don't expect everything to work at once. So Chelsea Football Club oh, is doing okay. <laughs> yeah, it's doing okay. And I should think we'd be higher at the end of the year just like the Singapore market will be higher at the end of the year. <laughs> any, any of the, the movers on the Singapore market surprise you today, though? Okay, if you have a look at the Singapore market, uh, there, there, there are two notable sort of movers. First of all, we had the banks that did very well. So we had DBS, UOB uh, putting on, um, uh, I, don't, I don't know, 20, 30 cents, about sort of 0.7% up at the top of the market. And at the bottom of the market, we had the REITs. And they were the laggards. And I think that tells us the story, that it's an interest rate story. And people are very concerned about interest rates at the moment. Are they going to go higher? Are they going to stay where they are? 
or is the Federal Reserve going to pivot? And based on today's um, market, I would say most market makers are probably saying that the interest rates are likely to creep higher, which will benefit the banks and probably sort of not benefit the REITs who have a huge amount of borrowings. And if interest rates go up, then it could affect the REITs at the bottom of the market. All right, uh, David, let's talk about something we both like, duck rice. (laughs) I'm sure we both like duck rice. I'm not sure about bubble tea. But anyway, the operator of Yuki Duck Rice and Chichasan Chen's uh, Singapore franchise, YKG, uh, also making their debut on the Catalyst board today. Uh, How do you think the shares uh, perform so far? Well, I think they were down a couple of cents today. I mean, they were floated at 20 cents. I think they closed around sort of 18 cents. Uh, so they were down, down a smidgen today, which is probably not too bad. Um, at least they didn't crash. Mm. Uh, I mean, there's, no reason why, there's no reason why they should mm. crash. I mean, UK is a very steady business. And that reminds me that I will probably sort of need to go and sort of test out the... Right later on sometime <laughs> this week. But if you have a look, I mean, the market value of the company is around $80 million. And um, based on their last set of accounts, uh, they made about sort of $9 million in profit. So the P.E. ratio is surprisingly not too different from the Singapore market's P.E. ratio. So $80 million market cap, $9 million worth of profit. So that makes a P.E. ratio of about sort of nine. And that is what I would expect for a company like um, UK. Uh, and again, I, I don't really know enough about bubble tea. I don't really drink an awful lot of the stuff, but maybe I'll have to have a bubble tea with the UK rice one day. Yeah? <laughs> sure. Well, uh, Mr. Ko, I'm going to get a cup of bubble tea after the show. <laughs> but uh, before that, let's talk about Samcor Marina, an improvement okay. there in net debt to equity ratio. What does it mean for Sam Marine really? Because it's also working um, towards a merger with Capital O&M, right? Right, that's right. And the thing with Keppel O&M is that the shareholders over on the other side have already agreed to a merger. So it's really all up to the shareholders of Semcor Marine whether or not they want to um, go down the aisle and get married with Keppel O&M. I hope it does happen because from uh, what I've uh, looked at the two companies over the last few years, the two of them have been competing with each other in a very sort of crowded space. And where Semcor Marine might win because they bid a lower price, uh, and that means Keppel O&M loses. So I think it would be far better for the two companies and also for Singapore if they do tie the knot. If Semcor Marine can get its debt levels down a bit, and I think we have a, uh, the making of a pretty strong company in the uh, offshore marine and also in the shipbuilding industry. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that the shareholders will agree to the merger. Uh, on the Semcor Marine side, and I think that will be good for them and also good for Singapore. We're on the line this evening with David Kuo, co-founder of The Smart Investor. David, uh, I want to talk about The Smart Investor and how it's got an article talking about three stocks to watch for this month. Now, among them is Olam Group. Mm. Uh, They've announced plans to list its agricultural division in the first half of this year. Uh, Tell us a little bit more about what we should be watching out for. Okay, that's all about food again. Yeah, and, uh, I, I, yeah <laughs> I need no, veggie I mean, to go with that, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's right. I mean, we are, we, we, we are talking about food. And I, I think when, uh, after what we've experienced over the last two and a half, three years, 
I think most of us will appreciate that food and food security and the supply of food is something that is going to be absolutely vital. And I think Olam Group is splitting itself up into three. So we're going to get uh, Olam Group itself. We're going to get um, also this other company that's going to be listed here in Singapore, the Olam Agri side. And uh, when you have a look at the agri side, the performance has been pretty strong. I mean, profits have been growing at around 40% a year for the last three years. So on the whole, I would say it's a pretty good industry to be in. Uh, and all those people, you know, who say that the farming industry is dead, the farming industry is not doing well, I think this goes against uh, everything that people have said. And that is that we should be looking at the farming industry and the food production industry, or in this particular case, right at the very front end, well, the back end of the food industry, uh, the actual production of agricultural stuff that all of us absolutely rely on. Hmm. And well, um, Mr. Kuo, before we let you go, we must also talk about the U.S. markets and what's happening in the region. The U.S. labor market added over half a million jobs in January, which sort of defied expectations. So what's next for the U.S. economy and the Fed, really? Do you know what, Tian Tian? I wish I knew because I am, <laughs> I, I am, absolutely, con- I am absolutely confused at the moment. Yeah. Everybody, was, everybody was looking for a number around about sort of 100-odd thousand and suddenly number yeah. of 500,000 came out and it shocked the market. And there are two ways of looking at it. The first one is that maybe the U.S. economy is more resilient than we think and it can tolerate higher interest rate rises in order to bring down inflation. The other way of looking at it is if the U.S. economy is that strong and there are that many people in work, and of course the Federal Reserve has already said that they are going to be targeting unemployment numbers. Mm. What they want to see is unemployment rising it goes to show that they haven't increased interest rates enough. And so I think that is what worries the market. Uh, I don't know about you, but anybody who is out there paying a mortgage, I don't think they want to see interest rates rising any higher than they are now. because It's it's painful enough. Mm -hmm. And we talked about food earlier on. And, you know, my biggest gripe is going out and getting something to eat and finding that whereas previously I had five pieces of chicken on a chicken rice plate, now it's four. And also the price has gone up. So we're being squeezed in both directions with these interest rate increases. So back to your question, Ken Ken, where is uh, the market going to go? Like I said, I wish I knew, but that, that doesn't stop me from investing. I'm still buying shares at the moment, and I don't care what the Federal Reserve does. I'm looking after my uh, retirement. David, let us uh, help us understand this then. If uh, the U.S. employment numbers are good, we're also looking at good employment numbers here in Singapore. Where is that mm-hmm. taking us? Isn't that going to be better in the long run that people are employed and will? At least, at least they know they have the money to spend, even though... Uh, inflation keeps going up, even though we're both unhappy about that $5 chicken rice. <laughs> and, and that is the conundrum, Elliot. That is, that is the real conundrum that people are facing or the market is facing. So you're right. I mean, if, if the uh, employment numbers are strong and the employment numbers are good, it means that the economy is doing well. But at the same time, we have inflation. Mm-hmm. And so if you have a look at the U.S., inflation is running at around to the 6% whereas the interest rates are only around sort of 4 4.5%. In order to control inflation, you need to get the interest rates above the rate of inflation. So mm. some people are suggesting that the interest rates need to be above 6.5%. And people are already squealing at the moment because they're saying that their car loans, their home loans, their loans on their credit cards, whatever loans they have, mm-hmm. the interest rates are going up. And so one of the big dangers that people are afraid of is that maybe the Federal Reserve may go too far. In other words, 
they may not be actually sort of watching the economy close enough and they're only focusing on the inter- on the inflation rate and they're mm. increasing interest rates to bear down on that inflation rate. Yeah. And if they go too far, what is that going to do to the economy? And so I get your point, Elliot. And that is why I was very honest when I said I have no idea what is, what is happening. I wish I did. That was Tim, by the way, but it's okay. <laughs> it's hard to tell when you're not in the studio with us. <laughs> Shame not, Tim Elliot. You're not on camera. I can't exactly. see you. I'm only guessing. You're I'm, forgiven. I'm you're forgiven. Right. And it's also I'm, so hard to tell really what's on the mind of the Fed there, really. Thank you very much, Mr. Kuo. I hope you get welcome. your duck rice later on. That was David Kuo, co-founder of The Smart Investor. Thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.